everyone. Welcome to the Metaphysical Podcast. Have you heard the stories of NASA airbrushing out evidence of life on the red planet? How about government projects using jump rooms powered by electromagnetism to send people to Mars? Sounds crazy, I know. And don't even get me started on the esoteric side of Mars worship. If you want to hear investigative research from me, Rob Counts, and remote viewing data from the psychic spy himself, John Vivanco, then stay tuned because you're in it for a show that's out of this world. Yes. And if you are listening to the Metaphysical Podcast or watching us on a video platform, please leave us a five-star rating and review to help us reach even more people here. Make sure you also like and subscribe wherever you're watching us. And welcome to the show. John, how you doing? Good. 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 Mars is one of my like most favoritist locations. Really? Like, I mean, I always, you know, when I was a kid, it was like, I always dreamed of being able to go to Mars. I just, I wanted to go there so bad. And I don't know why. I mean, that, that place is just phenomenal. So much so that like I've done massive projects on Mars. And well, that's the you, thing. It's like, there's so much going on there. It's like, you could spend forever doing one thing. Interesting. So when you say it's, that place is phenomenal, what do you I mean, what does that mean? What does a remote viewer mean by that place is phenomenal? Because most people think that this is just a red, barren, desert-like planet. Right. Most people think that. Um, I have this real big thing for like treasure hunting, relic hunting, using remote viewing to get me close to to making strange discoveries like out in the field. And a lot of that has to do with um Lost civilization type stuff, finding evidence of things that don't line up with normal narratives. And and Mars is one of those places that would be an absolute dream for that. Absolute dream based on what we've seen. And is that because there is allegedly a previous civilization that was populating Mars? Oh, yeah, absolutely. There was a previous civilization populating Mars. Because that is what the what the previous CIA remote viewing data showed is right. that they were having the remote viewers remote view Mars in a distant past. And they were seeing that there was a very different type of species living on Mars that was trying to find a way off because I guess industry had affected the planet too too much. And and one of the things that I think is so interesting about Mars is if you really think about it, right? It has this red look to the to the sand. What what has a red look to it other than rust? Yeah. So was there an iron? Yeah. Was there an enormous amount of iron buildings and stuff that had depleted down to nothing over millions of years and created the red residue that we see on planet Mars. Yeah. I mean, you know, who knows? I don't know. I don't know about that because when we've remote viewed, uh, we've, when we've remote viewed these things that potentially could be structures, um, we get more of a natural type structure mm. that's, that's, taken built from the earth there or from the ground there from the mars there i guess you mm, say and it. and so it's it's like they're they're large bricks and um molded pieces of that mars surface A stone more yeah. like stone and organic substances that right. built there right but they're massive they're massive massive i mean when i first started to remote view mars it was it was really early in my remote viewing career it was like we were doing a lot of stuff that was just terrestrial uh, business type based, intelligence based stuff, working think tank. And um, and then on the side, we do these side projects. And I really wanted to investigate, like, you know, what's going on in the Cydonia region because face on Mars claims, right? The face on Mars. But not just that. If you look closely uh, other people have really mapped out these what appear to be, um, you know, these 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 artificial structures in that whole area. And when I first, you know, I, I didn't have any opinion on it, no opinion. So basically the face on Mars, for instance, tasking it to remote viewers and running a project on it. It was like 
the tasking is literally describe what this is, you know, and then you could also do something like describe how this formed. Viewers will get a geologic process or they will get a, 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 a subjects that are building this type of thing. In every, in all the data, it was always subjects building it. It was always a massive structure that was a ceremonial, that was like the ceremonial seat of, of you know, this area, if not Mars. The whole, the whole region, the whole Cydonia region was actually um, uh, sitting on the edge of an ocean, a very shallow ocean. And, and there was a lot of foliage, a lot of foliage. Now, this is the distant past, right? This is the very, very distant past. And a lot of the beings who, who lived there would, would make pilgrimages to this location. It was very, um, it was like a mix of primitive and advanced, what we would consider primitive. Mm. Um, kind of like Avatar, kind of how it's <laughs> kind of like Avatar. I'm trying to draw, uh, yeah, you know, a yeah, comparison, right? right? So the, 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 the people that we saw there, the subjects that we saw there were a little bit short statured and they were had more kind of a reddish skin, hmm. much like native Indians coming out of South America, for instance. Now, when you get to the CIA stuff, there were there were like layers, levels of civilization that were on that planet throughout time in general. And so they caught this other aspect when they were remote viewing it. Um, and so, so the, the deal with that area is that that was like, like a newer civilization before Mars basically got abandoned. Um, and these, these subjects left or they were, um, they were taken off the planet because of the destruction that was going on. But these, um, these subjects, so you have to think, so right now on earth, we're pretty isolated as far as, you know, other races go throughout the universe. We're pretty right. isolated if in the multiverse really. Um, but there was a time where it was known that there were other races and there would be interactions. And so that race there then had interactions. There were other beings coming there. There was like trading and stuff like that going on. So, yeah, I mean, it's just it's just such a fascinating place. So if you were to go there today, like put on your Indiana Jones hat, really, because like you're you're looking at like when we were remote viewing this stuff, like you go into the face, there's these dilapidated entrances with these massive columns, like Corinthian type columns, you know, really? that, have, that have partially collapsed. And you're looking at like this, like this massive hall, so big, so freaking huge. It's unbelievable. And, and it's like, there's pottery shards littered everywhere. There's like just remnants everywhere sticking out of the sand from this lost civilization that was primitive, but not primitive because they had influence from these other races coming in. Whoa. Yeah. I mean, how can you not love that stuff? Yeah. Like seriously, if you're a person who loves to go out on expeditions, treasure hunting and doing all this stuff, I mean, Mars would be the place. Like, can I hitch a ride? Can I mean, come on. It's like, can Basiago like do something for me and <laughs> get me over there? I mean, geez, it'd be amazing. So, who John is talking about is um, Andrew yeah. Basaggio. Basaggio. Yeah. I don't know. How, I don't know how he says it. Basaggio. You should know because he is going it's to be Italian. President. So Andrew Basaggio, he, he was, he ran for president in 2016, actually, as an independent. I don't know if you knew that, but I, 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 I knew that. Yeah. And yes. um, he actually claimed that he was in this thing called Project Pegasus, which is a time travel project that was run by the CIA and DARPA. Now, you know, those of you at home that like to poo poo on stuff will probably think this sounds crazy, but you can look into this and of course if this was true they're going to try to hide it so it's kind of up to you what y'all think out there but um his father was involved in politics from 1980 to 1984 he and others he allegedly he and others were sent to mars via these things called jump rooms right and he says that he was groomed to be the president when he was young and that he and Obama actually roomed together briefly when they were being briefed on on future information. So this just keeps getting crazier. And if you what's strange is, is that there's actually this Wired article that we found 
that basically attempts to address this. <laughs> and and the the article is the the headline is White House denies CIA teleported Obama to Mars. <laughs> of course. Right. It's a very, very funny picture they've got here. Uh, <laughs> Obama when he was young with these glasses on. Um, yeah. And then there was a CNN op-ed about this, too. So what Andrew Basaggio had said and claimed actually was enough for them to actually create some articles to do some counter. It's weird, right? It's yeah. a little bit weird. <laughs> like what like what I think is so bizarre about this, John, is that if you think someone is crazy and completely out of their mind. Why would you even address it? Right. Unless you're actually, there's like some type of PR effort to hide something, right. not saying necessarily this, but something. It is weird. It is weird. I mean, I mean, the, I mean, the white house press report, what could have been tongue in cheek, but why would they even bother? Like, like you say, why would they even bother? <clears throat> yeah, that and, um, is a weird one. So this project Pegasus is really interesting because the the project did revolve around time travel stuff, and people are very, you know, the subject of time travel is a very interesting one. I mean, look at our pop culture and movies. Like everyone wants to see a good time travel movie, except Time Cop. That movie was terrible. Time Cop. <laughs> Do not watch Time Cop with Jean Claude Van Damme. You will want those hours of your life back, or you won't. Maybe. You know, maybe it's one of those B movies that you just love to hate. I don't know. But um, yeah, I mean, what's interesting is this time traveling stuff. You know, Andrew Passaggio, they ended up developing what he was calling uh, chronovision, which was right. uh, this, you know, and this relates to the Montauk project, which, you know, you and I have been talking about back and forth on this on this. Um, I think Montauk um, comes up nearly every episode, <laughs> you know, for good reason, actually. Yeah. I mean, it, it, there was so many things intersecting at the Mon at Montauk in the Montauk project that they were experimenting with, allegedly, reportedly, you know, from different people. And um, yeah, I think, you know, this Chronovision thing, basically a system, which he said generated a hologram of a past or future event by driving an electromagnetic signal through an octagonal which is an eight-sided array of bismuth crystals. So now crystals are coming up again, John. Right, just right. I mean, we just had a show all about that, right? Recently. Um, so gosh, um, yeah, oct octagonal, excuse me. I mispronounced that. Thank yeah, you, sacred geometry, right. shape, power of shapes. I mean, power of shapes. Shapes are interesting. They do things. Dan, I think it's Dan. Who, who wrote that book? Shape Power. I can't remember the name of the book. Really fascinating book on on the study of shapes and what they do energetically. I mean, I think that's like a hugely overlooked thing. And I think that when you get into these high technology um, things that are very esoteric, I think that shape plays such a huge role in the in the function of these things. Well, I mean, from role. what you and I have been seeing, that is very true. I mean, even even like if you look at the the back to those experiments that Dr. Emoto did where he was right, you know, talking to these or doing experiments on these ice crystals and their formation, we would often see these different shapes coming into being from the different words or feelings or things that you were imbuing into the into the crystals, right? Right, right. Yeah. Right. There you've got a bunch of hexagonal, hexagonal um shapes and yeah. Well, that's I mean, that's the thing, too. When you get to Mars, I mean, the the again, it's like you've got pyramids there in the Cydonia region. And and when we look at that, these pyramids were used for energy generation. It's the same thing. It's like no matter where we find pyramids on other planets, when we're remote viewing it, it it's like this thing that follows mammal civilizations across the universe. Mm. This knowledge, this basic knowledge. Hmm. Yeah. And, and it's like where, yeah, where their civilization, you'll find their discovery of these shapes and their use. Right. And, and also, I mean, also it could be like you were saying, like if there are these ancient civilizations, were they learning from one another at a time when there was more um, social interaction or a cosmic social interaction between 
them. They were absolutely, they were absolutely learning from each other. In fact, I mean, you want to get really crazy. Let's, you know, get into the jump room crazy side. Yeah. Uh, Let's do it. Let's get into that (laughs) jump room crazy side. Okay. So anyway, first, before we get jump room crazy, let's get like, you know, ancient Mars crazy. So what we saw in remote viewing data was that the, the, the beings on Mars who were at that time inhabiting it and living in the Cydonia region, there were a number of different things that were going on. Um, one of those things was absolute total pollution that was happening across the planet. There were wars going on. Some of these beings had, had been messing with uh, fission-type weapons, nuclear-type weapons. And so these beings that were at war were not necessarily from that planet, but these beings who were in, living on the planet native to the planet were getting pulled into it and getting involved. And, and during that time, the, there was a huge explosion. I I guess you'd say it it would be like had to do with something in our asteroid belt um, where our asteroid belt is currently right now, wasn't necessarily there before is what we had seen. And there was a lot of warring going on and Mars got, got, got caught up in it. And the asteroid belt exists today. And I, you know, I mean, here's the thing. So the asteroid belt doesn't have a lot of mass to account for a planet-sized body. Um, and so, so this, this is, is a huge, is the, huge is contentious the, issue. This is so that you're saying that the asteroid belt back then was different than the asteroid belt. There wasn't now. an asteroid belt back there then. It wasn't. So this is an no. exploded planet or something. Planetoid or a couple of them. Uh, and so, so we saw that occur with our remote viewing data and the debris from that, it shot everywhere. I mean, a lot of it was absorbed by Jupiter. And so mm-hmm. that would account for not a lot of debris in that asteroid belt currently. I mean, cause I think it, like the debris in the asteroid belt right now accounts for like a third of the moon, like the mass of our moon, mm. something like that. Very, very small amount. And in fact, you can go through the asteroid belt and not see another asteroid belt. Or another, excuse me, another asteroid. asteroid. Right, exactly. Right. Because they're so far, far spaced yeah, out. That makes sense. So anyway, Mars got caught up in this. And um, and the beings who were living on that planet were li- like, okay, this is crazy. I mean, this is crazy. Like they were transported here to our planet and established the cultures in South America. I was just gonna say, is this the red people? Yeah. That, that they that the That's ancient what we saw. Said yeah. We're there. Yeah. Yeah. So that, so that, so that bloodline from that planet continues through, you know, the indigenous people, what we call the indigenous people in South America, um, Central America, Mexico, mostly like central, central. And uh, it wouldn't be pretty much, it wouldn't be so much South. It'd be like central Mayans, Aztec came out of that Toltec. In fact, when you get to before like okay so a lot of these ancient structures here on earth that are mind-bendingly wrong for the culture according to our current science these 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 structures were built by that civilization that came here and they were they were helped by the ones that dropped them off here to build the civilization right this is like pre-toltec but our scientists archaeologists and whatnot attribute those structures to Toltec. But the, then, then they say the Toltec weren't that sophisticated. The Toltec didn't build them. The Toltec were another rendition, like a, a later rendition off of the ones who were deposited here. Hmm. So that's, that's you know, that's crazy talk when you get to like, you know. Yeah, who, who's anyway. going to believe that, right? Like, who's going to believe? Nobody's going to believe. I can't get people on Instagram to believe that pyramids might generate some type of energy. Never mind, like, you know. <laughs> Why are you even trying? <laughs> Why are you even trying? <laughs> yeah, yeah well. it's uh, you know, it, it people people have a um, strange reaction to information like this. That's, I mean, how do you corroborate it, right? We'd have right. to literally go to Mars and prove it to people, and there'd be, you know. And here's the thing, you know, and and the, and the the thing is, is that they would say, well, we have been on Mars, we are on Mars, and we get all the data from it. Haven't you seen all the pictures? I mean, NASA is a public agency, after all. We basically own NASA, so they have to give us all the information. So we're not being lied to. We're not being hoodwinked. We don't have the wool pulled over our eyes. Right, right. So that's right. the attitude, exactly. people. You know, which is a very 
unfortunately naive. It's unfortunate because that is what's going to crush this planet. That attitude. Mm, That's true. Yeah, because then it's 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 uh, it's this ignorance to what's really going on under uh, you know in the shadows. Right. Yeah. Um. Okay. So yeah, there's that. But then the Cydonia area of Mars also is. We were just talking about that. You you seemed like you wanted to get a little crazy on that too. <laughs> well, I kind of did get a little crazy on that with like them bringing the subjects from that planet to our planet to seed this planet. Absolutely. So that's where that's where I felt like it went a little crazy as far as information goes. I mean, this is the this is the stuff we've seen with it. Um, but when we get to the jump room kind of stuff, that's a whole other ball game. I mean, that's just that was the jump rooms. That's what it was. Yeah, the but jump room was like crazy mixed bag of stuff before we get to those Lindsay, can you pull that image back up that you just had up have you seen this image yet that was taken on mars it was a doorway thing this i mean look at that i think it's actually really tiny right the context hard is hard with this photograph it is hard i don't think this is tiny it looks cut it looks cut is the thing is it looks very specifically cut Right. And there is the ridge. The other one was a better quality photo. Is this the one? This might have been one that we had remote viewed. This might have been one that we had remote viewed. The problem with this is that it's really easy for, quote unquote, experts to say, oh, no, what you're looking at is a really tiny thing or it's a really whatever. And then, oh, it's just we we've dropped it. Like there's no longer a discussion going on because experts said this. Right. And um, we don't know. Actually, all we know is that this was found, this image was found, and it looks very, very interesting, well, to say the least. Yeah, it does. I mean, there's a lot of interesting Look things. Look at that. In yeah. And, and I'm sorry, but the proportion of, the, of these rocks and stuff do not look miniature by any means. Like no, when you look at miniature it. structures, this is not what we're, this is a lot, we're looking at the side of a cliff here that clearly has an entry or some type of cut entryway to it. That's strange. Yeah, that is really strange. I mean, to me, it's not surprising in the least bit um, just because of what we've seen uh, in general. I mean, you know, it's that it's again, it's like that whole marijuana leads to heroin thing where it's like, you see these, you see these like little cut doorways and you're like, yeah, so what? Who cares? Like, yeah, I know they're there. Well, let's talk about the really weird stuff, like the aliens that are there that chase out remote viewers, or let's talk about um, <laughs> like the the portals that the breakaway society has been creating on Mars to travel back and forth to Earth from, or whatever. <laughs> no, really, let's talk about that. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think um, if we so. I want to talk about these these jump rooms right now. And um, also, I want to get into the case of, at some point, Percival Lowell, because I think what he found back in the day while he was doing his research was really interesting and and how it devolved from there also. Um, But the jump rooms is just a way more fascinating subject. So what the heck's going on with these jump rooms? Like the jump rooms, did they exist? Well, or do they? So, all right. So, I mean, it it gets really weird, convoluted, hard to figure out with remote viewing in general, because when you remote view somebody, for instance, remote viewing uh, Basiaggio? Basiaggio. Basiaggio. What is it? Basaggio. Basaggio. Okay. We should know that because he's our future leader, man. So, wait. Lindsay Lindsay is saying that it is Basiago. Okay. So, there. All right. All right. Settled. Lindsay's the boss. So, so we like remote viewing him a couple different times to try to understand like the reality of his experiences provides a huge mixed bag. So let's just say in one instance, remote viewing him, he's like literally, he's got like mind numbing fluids being dripped into him on a hospital bed. Right. And then he's like walking around in a daze, like with an IV drip. Um, and he's, he's like being broken mentally, right? Stripping, yeah. Yeah. He's like, there's, there's something going on and the data refers to MK ultra type situation with the subject. 
then you remote view him again, or you remote view a different circumstance. And he is going through a portal, right? There is this energetic void that is spinning and there is some interaction that he has with it. Or he's like in an area where in some kind of like, like high technology structure where there's an interaction with holograms, right? So you get like all of this weird different stuff completely mixed into these stories when you remote view them like all like everything from total brainwashing to make a person believe a certain thing to straight up yeah some of this stuff actually is truly happening right and that takes us you know like to montauk because this is the montauk type technology um and they all basically said a lot of the stuff that we saw with remote viewing. So I know that these guys are are basically very, very truthful, like Al Bilek. Al Bilek and Preston and, uh, Nichols. And Preston Nichols. That so with those with those two, especially Bilek, he was really trying he had these slivers of memories and he was really trying to figure out what was going on. And some of his stuff is like stretching too much. He doesn't actually know. And so he's he's filling in the gaps. And some of it is straight up okay, yes, this guy did go to Mars. Well, right? and, 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 and what's like, strange about this? We saw that he did go to Mars. Yeah, so what's strange about this, everybody at home, is that Al Bilek's story and Preston Nichols, who wrote the Montauk Project, their stories parallel with one another in, incredibly well, like to the point where if this was a hoax, they would have had to really sit down and write the entire thing out very carefully and then memorize it, which is like an enormous amount of work because you'd right. slip up at some point. Right. But what is true is that I found too, is that this MK ultra stuff was plainly written in the entire thing. Like it was built it, into it. It was built into it. And what I mean by written into the entire thing is that the book that, that Preston Nichols published says that he didn't even remember any of this stuff until he started having these strange flashbacks. People started to approach him and say strange things. And then he started to go down this rabbit hole to try to figure out what happened to him. And it exploded open into a bunch of memories that he had forgotten in the Montauk area of New York. Okay? Right. Because he lived in that area. Um, yeah. So. So, yeah, go on with. Uh, so Al Bilek and, and Al Bilek also is the one that uncovered most of the stuff that we know about the Philadelphia experiment, right. by the way. He did. Yeah. And I think he's I really I think that there's not uh, a huge focus on him either as far as what he has said, because <clears throat> he seems to get lost in the cracks with with a lot of this stuff. Um, but but he and, and, and then the, then you have Basiago, who's who's promoted in a sense, publicly over him as as a layer of crazy, in a sense, you know, by by mainstream media. <clears throat> and so, OK, so what we saw with with Bileak was that there was this sort of frequency based uh, portal that was created, just like what um, what uh, Basiago had described. And and it was like and it what was Preston like, Nichols had described. Right. In the Montauk project. Exactly. Right. And it was all, all, almost like um, um, an elevator and it could go to different locations, mm -hmm. different locations, different planets, as well as through time. So like what they said, we got the same stuff in our data. And you have to understand that when we test this on remote viewing, we do get people who are just lying and making stuff up. Right. So so as far as I'm concerned, having been in the field so long and doing projects like for business, figuring stuff out, like get coming to major conclusions that either make them a lot of money or doing it for intelligence purposes, doing counter terror and all the work that I've ever done. I know how to trust the data. I know how to task it. And right. I know, so I trust what we have on this is true. Otherwise we wouldn't be getting what the data is saying. Well, and, and also it just wouldn't happen. It's and impossible. also you're you're tasking this blind to it's several. All blind. They don't viewers. they don't know their view. They don't know. Right. And then you're getting the data back and the data, the the consistency in the data from multiple different people right. is what's giving you the 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 information as to whether or not something is or the whole picture of it, right? Right. Exactly. What's true and what's not. Yeah. So so here this is an interesting thing. So there was this guy that 
that we had worked with um, back in the like 90s, early 2000s. And he was sort of an intermediary guy between in the, in the intelligence world, right? Because look, we weren't like anything like intelligence people. We were literally just a civilian organization who was doing very well with remote viewing and was funded by a private investor. And, and, and we were getting lots of jobs. So we would have these sort of like handlers for intelligence who would say, Hey, you want to do this? You want to do this for us? You want to do that for us? And it's not, we were on the inside of anything at all. Like, because, you know, in this world that we live in right now, if you say anything like that, then automatically you're a freaking CIA double agent in <laughs> right, right. the conspiracy community, right? And I get that all the time. People will say, I, I think you're CIA. I think you're this or that. But no, 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 that's not how it works. It's just rude. It works. <laughs> rude. So the way it always worked was that you'd have this person who would be like, you want to work on this project? You know, these, these people need help with this. And you're like, okay. And you really don't, like these projects will be classified and you have no idea, like, what they are, you just provide information, right? Some of them you get to know a little bit. And that's all it is. Like that's that's it. You don't you don't have any other interaction. But anyway, this one guy interacted a little bit and he said that this guy actually came from working in the MK Ultra program mm. in the past. So this guy that we we that he was working with us a bit. And he said at one point he said, this is like the 90s. He said, did you know that um you didn't know actually because this wasn't out yet as far as I knew that the um, the CIA, I think he said the CIA has a quantum computer that can get snippets of the future. And and we we can see these events that are going to happen, but we don't necessarily know the context. Um, and I was like, yeah, whatever. I don't I don't know about that. And then later on, we didn't remote view or anything. It was just like, like something that he said. And then we were like, Later on, these articles started coming out on the like Ex Express UK or something. These 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 websites that do more conspiratorial, strange stuff about this chronovisor yes. that the Vatican had, which was literally what he was talking about. And he said that the technology had been around for a very long time. They'd had it for a long time. So one thing I found very interesting that may be a correlation in our data when looking at some of this stuff, for instance, like the 30 and back program, was that it seems to me that at a certain point, aspects of remote viewing kind of intertwined with MK Ultra. So you've got, you think about these different programs, remote viewing program, MK Ultra program, and they're going down their own separate tracks. Now, MK Ultra, some of these scientists probably started to get these people to perceive future events and scenarios by by brainwashing them into it. And then also maybe the chronovisor started picking up on the same scenarios that these guys were were seeing on the MK Ultra side. And then on the remote viewing, straight remote viewing side, non-MK Ultra, they started to see these same things occur in the future. So what if there's some massive event in the future and the whole 30 and back program is to not necessarily time travel people to the future, but to MK them using whatever techniques they have, technology and drugs, for a period of time where they believe they are in the future, but they're actually in this heightened state of psychic awareness, and they believe they are living in a situation in the future and problem solving in order to bring solutions to the present, right? So they think they've been 30 years in the future, right? And then brought back. But they've really been MK'd into a future situation to problem solve for us right now. That's like, what's so weird about that is that situation is why they're trying to develop the quantum computing technology in the right. first place. Right. It's to it's to run scenarios and get answers back quicker. So, right. Right. so that makes this sense. This is like what our data points to. It's kind of mind blowing, right? It is. Yeah. So, and, and yeah, there've been many people that have claimed to have traveled to the future or traveled back in time. Actually, Andrew uh, Basiago did report that he went back in time and he even can show you, there's a picture that he references of him at the Gettysburg address 
there. And he can even explain right. certain details about the photo that are really bizarre, like that are actually hard to unexplain, which is that his this is him in the foreground here, this little ch child, I guess. Um, and now I don't really exactly know how this works. Like did, was it when he was a child, he started getting, um, introduced yeah, when to he the was program. A child. Yeah. Now, if you look at his shoes, you'll notice that the shoes are bigger. They're like right. too big for his feet. And he said that when he arrived there, for some reason, he didn't have his shoes and had to, to get a pair of shoes like while he was there. I don't know how that happened. I can't remember the exact details, but that's weird. And then you can see way in the background that is, um, President Lincoln actually right. at the address, like way in the back there. Yeah, right, right, right. It's just weird. It is know? weird. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, that's the thing with, you know, Basiago's stuff. It's like, it's hard to pick apart, man. It's, it's hard, hard to yeah. pick apart. Well, and it would be if the whole the whole thing was they have to go through this program first so that they can be deemed not credible if any of this goes public, right? right. So now right. you don't know of what Basiago is saying is real and what's not. And maybe a portion of it is real, but a portion of it is absolutely like right. in your head, ridiculous. Right. Now you can discount the entire thing. That's convenient. Well, you know, see, this is the, the other thing that happens too, is that one thing that, that you've noticed and I've noticed is that they will place these crazier stories over a situation yeah. that has very solid relevant stuff. Like for instance, when you get to, to the moon, our moon, um, Alan Sturm had, had um, made a coffee table book, I think back in the like 2008 or something where he basically picked through all the NASA uh, photographs of the moon surface and, and, and emphasized everything that looked like a structure. And, and he was at, he, what was like, his name were, again? Alan Sturm, S-T-U-R-M. I think it's called something about structures on the moon. Yes, so I remember this. So it was a coffee table book. He got he got threatened big time and he had to pull the book. I think, the IRS we, I think money. we interviewed him He's, at one point. His book is fantastic because, see, the, here's the deal. They would love it if you just focused on, like, let's just say the Apollo 20 landing that never actually happened and they found aliens in a crashed ship. Okay. That is a fake story. They start to layer these stories on top so that when people are entering to begin to try to understand what's going on, they hit all those crazy top level stories that get discredited. When the thing that will actually turn people's minds around is a book like Alan Sturm created. That book was basically shut down after a couple of years because people were like, there are structures on the moon. It's undeniable. These are NASA photographs. He's just circling them. Yeah. And they don't want you to look at that. Right. So you think of Mars. It's like there are structures on Mars. They don't want you to look at that. They want you to look at the, the crazy jump room stuff. Right. Even though there's aspects that are real, they would much rather you focus on that because they can discredit it. than the structures sitting there in Cydonia Mensa. Yeah. And you're not even paying attention to it because right. there's something much crazier that was that was put in front of it. Right. <laughs> right. Which totally makes sense. Yeah. And and who knows, you know, whether there are jump rooms or not, it doesn't actually matter at this point. The, it the doesn't Nobody's going to believe the jump rooms. Yeah. Well, and the crazy thing, though, is like, what the heck is on Mars? Because you have a very, very smart individual, um, Percival Lowell, who made it his life's work to study Mars. He was a, he was he had he came for money knew he was never going to have to work his whole life. And, but he was determined to do something good with that right. opportunity, you know, mathematician, astronomer, um, ended up building a gigantic telescope in Arizona. So he got advice. Um, I think his name was Pickerings or something, another astronomer on where, where to build, you know, the best observatory. And Arizona was brought up because of, you know, it's, it's height, right. You know how high it is. So there's less atmosphere you have to go through. And the fact that, the, that Arizona is, is mainly cloudless. And so as Mars is, is coming by in its orbit, he would spend all of that time studying right. Mars. What's crazy is this guy, this is not just a normal dude. We're talking about the guy that figured out 
Pluto. This right. guy, this right. guy found before he died, he found Pluto. He knew it was there. They just needed to find it. So they were using mathematics to figure out its exact place and then to photograph it using the telescopes. As dude, as soon as he built his telescope, it was like a 21 or 24 inch uh, glass, you know, the telescope. He immediately uh, started looking into the sky, started looking at, at Mars and different things. And he had an, an entirely new telescope with even bigger glass developed so that he could see even closer right. into the surface, right? And so now this guy is not a schlep, is my point. Right. And he's <laughs> looking at Mars and he's seeing canals, what another astronomer called Canali, an Italian astronomer, can't remember right. his name. And he's seeing and he, canals, right? He's seeing canals. He goes through the process of even showing where the canals are and all of this stuff. And then later on, this very mysterious thing happens where, I mean, there was a lot of discussion, excited discussion about this because he was claiming that there was a civilization there right now that was building canals because Mars had, you know, it was like desert. They had difficulty with water and he could see that there were some type of man-made canals that either had been built or were being built now and he drew them out and this is what right. you're looking at right here like what this system looked like now there are different images of this okay now what i think is really kind of crazy is it wasn't just him there were other astronomers that had also seen the canals and then eventually some guy gets a bigger telescope at a time when mars was coming closer to earth and he didn't find any canals at all and called the entire thing threw the hmm. entire thing out essentially. Right. But really That's think about it. It's like I, I'm and but he was like Percival was kind of arguing this, you know, and there were even guys on his team that come came kind of came in to discount the whole thing, basically claiming that these were psychological things that these people were, were seeing and yeah, going through. Going they on. wanted the canals to be right. there. And so they were claiming it was there. You know, and and so what's what's I find so strange about this is that there is this strange obsession that humans have with going to Mars. Right. Maybe it's because it's the closest planet. I get it. Like, you know, well, you know, I mean, OK, so tangentially we haven't. OK, so tangentially we have seen humans on Mars. I mean, tangentially from the standpoint of in some of the projects that we've worked on, there have been like like a viewer or two will pick up a human there doing something like, and it's, it's, and it hasn't ever been anything that we've actually chased after because we don't necessarily have a good way to task because there's nothing like, because when you task things in remote viewing, you task more or less off of knowns, photographs, right. we, we solids, and we don't have any like, more solid-ish type evidence that humans are on Mars, but tangentially, we do occasionally pick up a human there on Mars, right? In some of this in stuff that we're working on. Um, there's that one story, for instance, of that woman, she was, she was working at NASA and they were like, like the night crew. And it was like after one of the landers had made the touchdown of service. And she and the crew, six other people, were watching the feed and a, they saw like two astronaut ish type person walking, people walking yeah. towards the lander. Right. <laughs> we I had viewed that. that. Yes. She did see that. Now, whether that was a terrestrial, like on earth or, Marsh, on or Mars, Martians, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Like was that here or were those actually Martians? Right. 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 Cause the, I'm telling you, there's a lot of filming in the deserts around these situations and then passed off as being on another planet. Hmm. Very interesting. So I think, um, I think that, so the, this, this idea that, that these canals exist and that there could potentially be, um, life on Mars is really interesting. The fact that you guys have peripherally viewed some of that stuff, like kind of come into contact with it is really interesting. Well, right? there is life there. There is There are rudimentary life forms like plants. Well, there and, are yeah, rudimentary which, life forms like lizardy type things. They're that trying see. to hide from us too. Right. right. It's like, what, like there, there was even um, content taken from Mars 
and then it was analyzed and half the scientists said that there was microbial life in this right. in this and then the other half said no that there isn't there's not enough but it's like then we just went the route of no there's not instead of being like well all of these accounts from these other scientists said that there's microbial life in right. in the 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 dirt and the sand there right, right. right. which is like really interesting i mean it um it's yeah it's kind of bizarre and i think we're going to have to end this show soon, but I want to get into a little bit of the esoteric stuff here because we we did talk about that at the like basically in the intro and we never know how these episodes are going to go because we just get into really interesting conversations here. I know. Um, but yeah, you know, just to cover this. Um, what's interesting about Mars, I think, is that Mars is named for the Roman god of war, right? Ares. Um is the Greek equivalent to Mars. Mars is the Roman. And Aries and the Ram are symbols of Mars, right? And the Ram has like deep occult symbolism. I mean, we we right. get more into that, but so according to space.com, billions of years ago, Mars used to have a global magnetic field, but it shut down for reasons that are still unknown about 4 billion years ago leaving the atmosphere unshielded to radiation and causing it to bleed over time basically into space um some think that the ram with its circular horns to the sides is a symbol for mars magnetic field which is pretty interesting wow yeah, yeah. so mars also has two tiny moons phobos and uh demos now this is derived from the greek for fear and panic mars <laughs> god of war Fear and panic are as yeah. are as as sons, right? Yeah, fear and panic, man. Um, yeah, so you know, two of the god Mars children were the gods for fear and terror, you know. Um, and they, and they note this in a bunch of different pop culture. Like they'll talk about fear and panic as a part of different things and different, right? You know, things, um, different, you know, uh, movies and cartoons and stuff. Um. So this is kind of interesting. So, you know, there's a few really famous tarot card sets. Um, one of them is the Sforza set, the Sforza Visconti set. That's the first set ever. We'll get into that in a different episode. But but the Rider Weight deck is kind of the more common deck. And it shows an like basically that um, the tarot, the emperor tarot card, it shows an emperor seated on a ram adorned throne which is a symbol for Mars. Right. And and if you think about it, it's like Mars does in a way, this could mean a couple of different things that I'm going to point out here. One is that Mars and the Ram are synonymous with war. And if someone is to take power, it's usually in the, on the earth. It's usually through warring that they're taking power. Right. Another interesting thing to point out here is that Nostradamus said uh, like he, he had quatrains that basically talked about the year 1999 talking about Mars reigning after. And actually what's interesting is that Mars in this case referred to communism. Oh, okay. And, and what's interesting is that emperor um, tarot card that she just had up had this red gown on, right. which, is like the like the color of all of these communist flags are usually red and with mars reigning which is what nostradamus was talking about it's just interesting that you know yeah you can kind of point all of that like point to all of that stuff right um yeah so um the month of march is named after mars which you guys knew first month of the most ancient Roman calendar. Uh, by some accounts, Mars, the god in Roman mythology, is the father of Remus and Romulus, who founded Rome. So some basically take, like, that makes Mars the progenitor of the Roman people, which is also interesting because the Romans were just excellent at conquering. Right. Yeah. So, like, they were, to some extent, right worshipping Mars. Um. Yeah, and then what I thought was the most interesting, just from like a small deep dive on this, is that there was a relic. We are going to need to look into this. There was a relic we found called the Spear of Mars. Right, like the Spear of Destiny. Like I thought they were the same, but we're not sure, actually. 
Right, right, right. Because the spear of destiny, what? If, if somebody has a spear of destiny, they hold the power of They're undefeatable the in war. Yeah, at war, which right. is why yeah. Hitler was looking for it so much. Like why it's he wanted it. It's got to be the same thing, right? I mean... Now, what's weird is, okay, so reportedly this was kept in the former residence of the kings of Rome and was said to move, tremble, or vibrate at impending war or other danger. And it reportedly vibrated before Caesar was assassinated. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, like, the spirit... Now, what's fun, What's funny is, like, I think it has to be the spear of destiny. However... Right it was hard to draw like there wasn't enough information about it in the dives that we were doing to really really connect the two you know there it's possible that there is one more than more than one spear but it sounds a little too close to you know right right it's the same myth same mythology underlying of both yeah, yeah. huh well and and so for everybody at home if you guys are really interested in these types of relic stuff like we did a awesome series on rise.tv called the relics of power. And these are all the relics of history that Hitler was searching for in his mad pursuit of becoming the biggest power in the world. I mean, we're talking about the spear of destiny, the Ark of the covenant, the Holy grail maps to the Holy grail that were, that were hidden in paintings that you never knew about um, the rings of power, which were actually, you know, King Solomon's rings that he was using to control, control demons. We talk about the crown of thorns, really very, very cool um, series. If you guys haven't seen it, I totally recommend you, you go and check that out. Yeah. Well, anyway, um, so I think we're going to get into a lot more in the next episode about a little bit more of this esoteric stuff, but we're going to be getting into Phobos and more about Mars in that conversation so yeah. um, thank you guys so much for being with us. John, you're the best. Thank you for being with us. And um, yeah, I hope you guys thought that this episode was as out of this world as we did.